the 35th anniversary of the People Power Revolution that deposed dictator and plunderer Ferdinand Marcos. In this edition of the Press Room, we'll discuss the legacy of EDSA, the peaceful revolution that restored freedom and democracy, not just in our country, but also inspired other peaceful movements across the world. Joining us to delve on this issue deeper is one of the framers of the 1987 Constitution, former Commonwealth Chairman, Attorney Christian Monsoy. It's all happening here, inside the place where journalists and newsmakers discuss pressing issues that matter to you. Welcome, Inside the Press Room. Friends, thank you for joining us inside the press room. I am your host, Romel Lopez, the region's editor of Press1.ph. Happy EDSA Day. Mapagpalayang araw po sa inyong lahat. Kasama po natin dito sa loob ng press room, once again, our editor, Felipe Salvosa II. Hello, Pe. Magandang araw, Romel. Magandang araw sa mga panauhin natin ngayon at sa kay Manny. At kasama rin po natin dito ang ating columnist at editor at large, Mr. Manny Mogato. Hello, Manny. Uh, Mangandang araw, Romel, Ipe, at uh, welcome po natin sa edisyong ito si Atty. Crystal Monson. At gaya po nang sabi ko kanina, very special edition po tayo because we'll talk about the EDSA People Power Revolution and no other than uh, imbitahan natin dito at nakasama sa loob ng press room ang isa sa mga main actors ng mga panahon na yun sa EDSA Revolution. None other than Uh, a member of the Constitutional Commission that drafted the 1987 Constitution and former COMELEC Chairman, Attorney Christian Monson. Hello, sir. It's an honor to be inside the press room. Thank you for inviting me. Good morning, Attorney Christian Monson. Welcome to the press room. Thank you. So, because our talk is the EDSA People Power Revolt, Attorney Monson is one of the main players Nung panahon na yun, before we went, uh, we started the recording of this uh, podcast, Attorney Monson was sharing some uh, very interesting and very, uh, actually, ano eh, medyo uh, proud moment din sa akin yun kasi listening to the stories that uh, are not re- uh, usually read and heard sa ating mga history books, ang mga nagkukwento about EDSA, pero siya pala ay na may part doon sa historic call ni Cardinal Sin for the people to go and march into EDSA. Uh, Attorney, can you share that to us? Uh, well, as you know, uh, uh, I think it was February 22nd when when uh, when Enrile and Ramos uh, announced that they were breaking off uh, from Marcos' regime. And we were in, uh, we were uh, finishing the count for the uh, numbered count for the, for the elections. And we got a call Uh, from the office of Cardinal Sin, asking uh, Joe Concepcion, who was chairman of NAMFREL, and I and me, I was uh, secretary general, to go to the uh, residence of the Cardinal. So we went there. Uh, we were brought by by a team. Uh, one of them was Leia Navarro, was mm, okay. one of those who were and the Claparol brothers. So mm. they, they were our escorts, bodyguard down namin. And so we went to Cardinal Sin uh, in Mandaluyong. And there in the office of the Cardinal was uh, then Monsignor Villegas, who is now Archbishop 
Socrates Villegas. Mm-hmm. And Cardinal Sin was telling us about uh, his conversation with the with uh, Enrile and Ramos, and he said we, we have to help them. Uh, they are, you know, they have broken off from Marcos, and this is a very momentous moment in our history. Mm-hmm. Then uh, he said he was going on the air, and, and then he asked me, he said, can, can you make a first draft of the statement? Uh, so I went outside and was typing a first draft of that statement. And after I'd finished it, I gave it to him, and he liked it. He said, no, this is good. We'll, we'll uh, make some editing, and I'm going to call Archbishop Ted Bacani, and I forgot the name of the Archbishop in charge of Veritas. And uh, we'll finalize this, uh, and I will go on the air. So I said, I remember that uh, at the end of the statement, I, the statement ended uh, for calling for the people to go to EDSA to show your power as a people. Right. And uh, I don't know if he delivered it that way, right? But that that was there, and and so I, uh, uh, Joe and I told uh, the cardinal that we have. Uh, what time would you be on the air? We have to call up all the number chapters all over the Philippines. Mm-hmm. They're waiting for you, and you know because we we told the number chapter wait wait for the cardinal. Uh, uh, we're going to be talking to him, and so we left we left him. And we went to our uh, Namfrel headquarters, started calling up all the Namfrel people who were just waiting in the in their offices and their homes, mm. and that's what started the uh, when after when the cardinal went on the air yeah. and called on them to call to help our friends who were, who were there go out to Edsa and so on. Yeah. Uh, that that's that was the minor role I played in that uh, in that scenario, <laughs> and uh, and you know. When, when we look back at EDSA, there was a precursor. There was an event before the EDSA of February 20, 22nd and 23rd. Mm-hmm. That was the election on February 7. Mm-hmm. And we were able to mobilize 500,000 volunteers to guard the ballot with their lives mm-hmm. all over the country. Mm-hmm. And as a side, I'd like to tell you that we lost seven. Seven volunteers died. In, in the it's in the it's elections and aftermath and and all of them came from the pool because we we organized all over the country yeah i i went to 55 provinces to organize uh Namfrel. my my parents were volunteers of Namfrel and political activism in their own way <laughs> and you know it started there it started there so you know i remember max sullivan saying well fantastic this number they didn't have to do all of that right right to cut the ballot with their lives but they did it right i think your parents they were holding the ballot box well, right happened to my parents they they yes. told the story then uh na brown out eh. nawala yung power dun sa isang polling precinct and my mom told us na pakuwinla they were shielding the ballot kasi nga may mga actually they, some were uh, mga guns actually may may guns who yeah. entered the precinct yeah at saka alam mo we had we had a special volunteer group of uh, scholastics and priests and nuns they they went to me and they said we we want to volunteer as a group, no? Yeah, yeah. And and uh, I said, uh, you you assign us to the most difficult places in the country. <laughs> right? So we chose. And I said, and they said, we will be the Namfrel Marines. And they were the Namfrel Marines. 
in the most difficult places all over the country. I said, wear your sutana, right? Wear, wear your, your nuns, um, you know, your Habits. uniform or whatnot. Oh. And they were the one, the, some of the bravest volunteers were there. I mean, they were there. I said, you go to that precinct in Manila. I said, go to Makati, you know, and also, and they went. And that's how it was, was, you know, it was. Yeah, that, that, that's an okay. amazing story, Attorney Wansod. Because uh, this is a time of, as you know, a lot of historical revisionism on social media. So just, just you know, just for the record, and to refresh <laughs> yes. the minds of people, no? as, as part of NAMPEL during, NAMPEL during the 1986 NAP elections, can you give us the extent of, um, an idea of the extent of the fraud and cheating and um, intimidation that happened. Now, yes, that but it, warranted this bloodless revolution in, in EDSA in February 1986. That's, that's correct. Well, you know, uh, remember there was a previous election, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, and this was a snap election. Uh, I, I think the President Marcos was baited by a newscaster from the United mm-hmm. States and he said, well, I'm going to call elections in February ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Ahead of, that was ahead of time. And, and then, um, so we went around and we, when we organized, we said to, said to the people, let's not show our power how much we're organized. Let them underestimate us. Just go, right? And we would say, who is the most influential person in your, in your locality? Who do you respect the most? And that's the one we approached and said, can you organize Namfrel here? And so on, and that's how it was. And the theme was this: Remember what happened in uh, in uh, in the Middle East, where the Israel army were fighting in the desert, and they had no communications. And we said, it's possible that communications will be stopped or will, will be obstructed. But remember, whether you're that you're not fighting alone, even if you don't know what's happening elsewhere, wherever you are, just fight. And, and remember, everybody else is doing the same. And that's how we succeeded in, in, in these volunteers who, who said, yes, we'll do that. And you know, we were saying, we cannot do this. We cannot do this through armed means or violence. We will do this the democratic way in elections. We're even willing to go into elections in the playing field of Marcos. Right. We were willing to do it, and we will, we will defend the ballot there. And there were people, I mean, our friends from the left did not believe that it can be done. That's why they were not at EDSA. They were not at EDSA. They didn't go to EDSA, right? Because they said, that's why they had an armed component, you know, NPA. Sabi namin, no, unless we do it through peaceful means, it's not meaningful. We have to guard the ballot. That's how it was. I was a very young police reporter no, at that time with the Manila Times under Chino Roses. Mm-hmm. So around uh, 5 o'clock, uh, I was already at our office typing my uh, police story at that time mm-hmm. when uh, Minister Enrile and General Ramos announced on radio that they are breaking up from from Cardinal Marcos. So after that, my editors at that time, si Berhel Santos, mm-hmm. in Noel Cabrera, asked me to go to my beat, sa so may Manila Police, no? 
to look around and uh, see if there is some movements sa uh, near Malacañang kasi nga uh, mukhang may may emergency, may crisis. So gusto niya tingnan kung merong troop movement within uh, Malacañang Pala. So I went there. Uh, I stayed there until 9 p.m. Eh mukha namang normal na tahimik yung ano, tahimik yung lugar. Mm-hmm. Wala ganong nangyayari. But uh, around that time, 9 o'clock, I think people have started uh, going to EDSA. No? Kasi nga, si Busakino already marched from Cubao to EDSA. And uh, Cardinal Sin, sabi, uh, yeah, sabi nga ni Atty. Munson, eh, nagtawag na ng tao. So, during the four days of the revolution na tawag natin EDSA, People Power, eh, hindi ako mauwi sa bahay namin. Nasa, nandun lang kami natulog sa opisina namin, sa mga mesa, ginagawa namin higaan. Pag uh, madaling araw, tulog, tapos bangon ulit, ikot na naman sa mga bit. No? I was not inside Camp Aguinaldo and Camp Crame because I was a police reporter, so I moved around. I moved around Channel 4, sa EDSA, hmm. sa Makati. Uh, so, yun ang, ano, yun, yun ang aking participation. Nakita ko yung mga tao na, na walang takot, na hinaharap yung mga tangke, hinaharap yung mga sundalo. At uh, yun, eh, talagang pag-inisip mo, no? balikan yung mga nakaraan, eh, nakakapangilabot yung pangyayari yun. You know, there is one thing... Uh... During the time, the EDSA, 22, 23, 24, 25 of February, uh, si General Ver kept on asking, and this is historical and we've verified this, Marcos na, let's go and you know, start shooting, right? Mm-hmm. But the people were laying down in the street in front of the tanks and so on. Obvious there was no armed um, um, protest. No? Mm-hmm. And Marcos several times refused, mm-hmm. refused to give the order to shoot. And you know, I always say, there's always some good in everybody, right? And this was one of them. Can you imagine it would be a massacre if we gave the orders? But I don't know if the military would have used their guns because the military at the time, I think was already having their own uh, change of mind in the process, seeing the people. And that was it. You know, people call it a revolution. I think you're correct. Uh, you, you use it. Use the word revolt. We were investigating. Uh, you know that the BD Commission was investigating the coup d'etat, uh, and after that, in our conclusions, we decided to call it the People Power Revolt rather than revolution, mm-hmm. because we had not fulfilled all the promises of EDSA yet. Once we have fulfilled the promise, then we can call it a revolution. And there were two things there. Number one, we, we proved to the world that it's possible to have radical political change, like bringing down a dictatorship through peaceful means, democratic means. And our vision, our, our, you know, our hope and vision was that we will be able to achieve radical social change through peaceful means. And that's why the, the Constitution is related to the message the message of uh, of, of EDSA, mm-hmm. right? That radical political change, we did it. We will do radical social change because 
we had centuries, centuries of mass poverty and gross inequalities that have been impervious to change. And we said we will do it the way we did radical political change. Unfortunately, all the administrations after EDSA did not fulfill the promise to the poor. That historic moment when the rich and the poor, you know, brought, you know, locked their arms and promised one another, we will change this. And that's our situation today. We remember EDSA. It's still a revolt, not a revolution. And if you look at the constitution, the, con the ETSA was certainly the inspiration of the constitution. But, you know, we, we realize that the main, the main problem we have to address is that, is mass poverty and gross inequality. That's why the heart of the new constitution is social justice and human rights. There's never been a Philippine constitution, and I think nowhere in the world except, I think, uh, one other country, where there is a separate article on social justice than us. So that's the first compelling principle in the Constitution, mm. right? Social justice and human rights. There are three. And then the other two, you know, they say that the life of the law, young life of the law, is not logic, it is experience. That's mm. the number two compelling principle ng Constitution, according to me, anyway, is never again to any authoritarianism. Right. Mm -hmm. Never again. Because of the experience. Yeah. And number three, the economy must be firmly and safely in the hands of Filipinos themselves. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the 1935 constitution was relatively good constitution. But we amended it to give parity rights to Americans right. so that they had equal rights on our natural resources and so on, our patrimony. Mm -hmm. And when they implemented that, they exploited our natural resources. And then we could not change our exchange rate, even after independence, without the approval of the United States. Now, why was that? Because the Americans wanted to be able to remit their, 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 their peso wealth here through that, you know, that, that the exchange rate is not moving. So mm -hmm. they got more exchange rate. The United States allowed the fund to devalue, but did not allow us to devalue. And we had, after that, the crisis of the 1950s on foreign exchange, right? Mm -hmm. So they said, we cannot. We must, we must say the economy must be in the hands of Filipinos themselves. That's why I'm objecting to all these provisions about transferring the power uh, of the limits of foreign ownership from the Constitution to Congress, right? Anyone so should um, compelling, yeah. compelling principles. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, Attorney Monshod, um earlier you were talking about how um, in the 1987 Constitution, um, it turned out that the legislature became bicameral rather than unicameral. Although there was a vote in the uh, Constitutional Commission, um, except that. Um, the tie was broken by uh, by uh, Commissioner uh, Villegas. So, can you tell us more about it and what what were you, what were what were your realizations thirty five years after? Yeah. Well, when, when we were when we were writing it, we were writing it by chapters, and when we assumed that we would have a unicameral legislature, mm -hmm. so the, so the voting for the unicameral or bicameral 
came after we have drafted certain certain things like on the economy for example the the article on the economy and we frankly overlooked it then there are two there are two provisions where the the editing the editing committee uh, overlooked the bicameral unicameral they they did not put voting separately mm-hmm. in uh, in amendment correct mm-hmm. the other yeah, one was in, in judici- the judicial and bar council where there's only one representative from yeah, from for Congress both chambers yes two, right there yeah, are that's a source of uh, controversy <laughs> even today huh? yeah but the supreme court said no one is one right yeah, uh-huh. one is one uh, there are only three provisions the constitution said voting by all the members that one on the amendment and uh, the other is on uh, pardon uh, like Trillanes, pardon and the other is tax amnesty no? and in all in the other two cases the practice is uh, voting separately voting separately voting separately uh, and so our 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 argument is that in the hierarchy of laws an amendment to the constitution certainly up there in 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 ordinary legislation is it is separate vote why will you have a joint vote in in uh, in the hierarchy of amendments or changes uh, in, in the constitution where amendments is very important more important than ordinary legislation so so that's where the issue is on separate uh, or joint vote you are in effect with a joint vote you are setting aside the senate uh, they only count as one, mm-hmm. uh, one each uh, or 24 votes against what, 200 or 300 uh, uh, congressmen. That, that's the issue. And for the three decades later, having was having a bicameral legislature better for the democracy than I, having I a unicameral one, given the experiences thought. of the this dictatorship. Correct. I, 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 think, I think after our seeing what's been happening to our country, uh, bicameral was correct. So that uh, in the system of checks and balances, executive, judiciary, and legislature, within the legislator, legislature, there's also checks and balances. Mm-hmm. And that's why, uh, to me, uh, as it turned out, it was correct that, uh, that we, we finally enacted a bicameral legislation. Mm-hmm. Attorney, um, yun nga, we're talking about the provisions of the Constitution, but you know this very same Constitution, uh, as you know, has, has come under attack in successive administrations now, and people yeah. have been trying to yeah. change it, uh, coming up with so many arguments, no, or trying to do the job piecemeal. For example, right now, ang gusto nila economic provisions lang muna, uh, because uh, they couldn't uh, probably master enough uh, uh, political will to change the whole thing. No, and um, what uh, what are your views uh, on the 1987 Constitution? Because you seem to be in the in the side uh, in which well, it's 35 years old now, but it's the best uh, it's the best uh, charter that we've got now to protect our hard won rights now, uh, our democracy that we restored in 1986, now, 35 years ago. Yeah, well, you know, people say, well, it's already 35 years. The U.S. Constitution is 230 years, right? Correct, yeah. And, and they have managed, well, there, there have been something like 27 amendments, for example, and some repetitions like the 
14th Amendment uh, they're talking about now, no? about uh, yeah. due process and all that. And, and I think that the, the present constitution, the principles are clear. Mm. The principle, even in the case of party lists, the principles are clear. And, and uh, if you try to mess around with it, right, and then find out that it was wrong, it, then you, you should first try legislation. No, like when they say more autonomy for uh, local governments and shares. Why don't we change or amend the local government code first mm -hmm. and see if it works? Okay. Right? One aspect of it, the Supreme Court has made the decision already hmm. that uh, the share of the LGU should be larger because it takes in all the other ta uh, uh, taxes. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they get a bigger share now. It's happening. And, and I say, try changing the local government code. Try changing the law on party list instead of saying, well, let's get rid of the party list because uh, it just allows communists to be in Congress, mm -hmm. right? Like the president said. And I say party list precisely was put there so we can hear all the voices in the democracy, mm -hmm. right? You know, they believe in certain ideology as long as they do not act unlawfully yeah. on it. I was about to ask that question then, uh, attorney, about the party list system. Because the principles, nga, like what you mentioned, was to give uh, everyone in our country a voice, lalo na sa pagcraft ng mga batas. Pero anaman natin na parang ginagamit narin ito, nakatayab din to sa isang provision ng constitution ng ginagamit itong party list system ng mga local political dynasties. Correct. Na alam din naman natin na inaddress din yun ng yes. uh, constitution natin kasi nga nung panahon ni Marcos ay yung alam nyo na yung mga malilapit na sa Pangulo ang nag enjoy sa kayamanan at kapangyarihan ng bayan at saka hanggang ngayon isipa sumama pa ang sitwasyon natin sa political dynasties right. hmm. tama-tama yun yung party list has been abused right so as, as sa akin uh, ang pinakatamang decision yung latest decision ni, ni Justice Carpio that comes closest to the to the concept yung party list dun sa ating constitution. I, w I was very much involved in that. In fact, I'm cited as one of the authors of that. And, and to me, let's get to the principle. What is the principle of the party list? Number one, gusto natin magkaroon ng bosses, magpakinggan natin lahat ng bosses, particularly yung mga bosses na hindi mananalos sa legislative by district, in district election. Pero they have a national following you know, who believe in certain principles and so on. And we must hear them. Mm -hmm. Kailangan bigyan natin ng oportunidad ito na magkaroon ng seat sa Congress so we can hear everything So in a democracy, right? So yun ang number one. In other words, it is proportional representation. The right. principle of proportional representation. The principle of listening to all voices. And Pero sabi namin, for the first uh, three elections uh, after the constitution is put into effect. Bigyan natin ng reserve seats yung marginalized sectors na tinatawag na economically marginalized. But sabi namin, that's good for the reserve seats are only good for three consecutive elections. After that, open na natin na to the principle of proportionate representation. Proportionate representation. And number two, that the purpose, the party system, is a social justice provision right. to diffuse political power. 
Ang nangyari, it's been used by certain dynasties to concentrate more power in themselves. So sabi ko, sabi sa akin, let's amend the law. There's nothing wrong with the concept in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, Alam niyo, mag- maganda talagang guess si Attorney Manson kasi naging komalik din siya. Eh, no? So, oh, Attorney Manson. No? So, kung titignan niyo rin yung party list system, Attorney Manson, hindi po ba? Problema rin ito sa sa bahagi ng accreditation ng COMELEC ng mga party yes. districts. Eh. Yes. Marami din kama- kamalian ng COMELEC dyan. Nagpagamit. Uh, at, at some point, I think it was also a way of making money. Lahat nire-register na. How can you register? Do the, do, do the tricycle drivers of Mandaluyong City have a, a legislative agenda? <laughs> anyway, so sa, sa akin, let's amend the law. Three, three mm-hmm. points, no? The the limit of three representatives per party uh, is wrong because it violates proportionate representation. Right, right. 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 Number two, uh, I think in the Carpio decision, the only thing that I think stands out that I think should be changed is the provision that the those nominees uh, for the, of the party list should belong to the party list. In other words, they must be... Or, part of the organic uh, party list. Tapos nakadagdag doon or of a track record of advocacy. Yun ang loophole. Right? Because anybody can say, oh, I have been advocating this one, so on and so on. Diyan ginamit ng mga politiko yung party list to put their wife or their husbands or their cousins. And and to that, kasi daw merong track record of advocacy for for their principles and their, and their values. So, mali yun. Diba? Mm. So that, because the whole purpose precisely is to diffuse political power. Mm. And then number three, we should put a provision, an anti-dynasty provision in in the party list law. Mm. Eh, meron na yan sa, dun sa kabataan, no? sa election, meron mm. na they're trying it. Well, you know, I was telling when these people were telling me na, no, kasalanan niya ng Constitution, hindi kasalanan ng Congress. Sabi ko, hindi, Congress who has waited 35 years did not implement the constitutional provision. Right. And, and, and I said, you know, it, itong, itong anti-dynasty law, the reason we put it there, because sabi namin, kung ilalagay natin yan na four degrees sa Constitution, eh, what happens when we have politically matured, Right. Siguro hindi na kailangan yung 4 degrees. Kailangan siguro 2 degrees na lang. And then altogether, when we have attained a certain maturity, then we don't need the anti-dynasty provision anymore. That's why we put it that way. That the definition of dynasty should be left to Congress in order to be attuned to the hopefully the maturation of our of our political system. And And to me, those are the changes we should do. In, in 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 the party list law to improve and to make it really uh, be an implementation of the concept. Uh, you know, this thing about yung marginalized sector, it was meant for marginalized sector. Even the Supreme Court at some point in two decisions made that mistake. That's not true. It is not, when we say marginalized and underrepresented, it's not necessarily economic. Right. Hmm. Right? It's, it's about ideals and values and ideology and so on. Hmm. So you example know, attorney so, yeah. sa Europe no may mga green party no. Correct, di ba? Meron, di ba? And business sila. Yes. So sa akin let's let's change the law. 
And then, of course, the Supreme Court will follow. Kasi nandiyan sa batas yan eh. Masabi ng Supreme Court. Uh, itong podcast namin nga, attorney, na pinoint out ni Manny yun eh. Di ba, Manny, yung isang party list na pinangalan niya sa sarili niya. Yung marginalized sector, yung initials ginamit niya. Tsaka yung alam naman natin yun, di ba, attorney, yung isang anak ng dati presidente na biglang naging advocate ng mga security guard. Yes, of course. Nakatira sa Forbes Park. Pakijakin din ng Center Security Guard you live in Forbes Park. Hindi naman siya gumagawa ng batas para sa mga security guard. Ay, sabi niyo, di ba? Oo. Actually, napo- uh, ang, ang pinagkakaabalahan yung, ano, yung TV Network franchise. O, oh, di ba? Oh. <laughs> ang party list na pinaglaban daw is yung universal healthcare. Pero nagtataka tayo kasi meron naman universal healthcare law. So ngayon, nag-focus na siya sa ABS-CBN franchise and go- going yeah. after ABS-CBN's supposed uh, ano, uh, pagkakautang daw. Pero <laughs> right. uh, matanong ko, attorney, nung after na maratify na yung 1987 constitution, And then there's this provision on anti-dynasty. Uh, ano yung naging reaction mo na yung Congress under the term of uh, Cory Aquino did not uh, work on passing a law against uh, political dynasties? Yeah, all of them. All the legislatures, because of vested interest, did not want to put that in. So actually for 2019, when there were talks about federalism and changing for the better, beautiful future, And I said, why don't Congress pass a law for the 2019 elections on, on the anti-dynasty law? Why are you waiting for federalism and a new constitution and, and say we will lock it into the provision of uh, anti-dynasty? Wait, why don't you just pass a law now to apply to the 2019 elections? Did they pass any law? Of course not. Uh-huh. So I said, how can we trust you? How can we trust you to, to do the things you're promising when here is a test for your sincerity? Pass an anti-dynasty now and make it applicable to 2019. Silence. Silence. Correct? You cannot trust the legislator, legislators with that kind of a job because you know, they won't legislate against them, their own self-interest. Correct. Saan nakakita na yung mag-asawa? Nasa kongreso. <laughs> no, at saka. Kapatid. May magkapatid din. Oo. Hindi, mas tenyo yung tagig. Oo, di ba? Hindi natin yung dalawang distrito. Magkakaibang bahay ba sila? You know, the political dynasties worsening. That problem is worsening. We have to do something about that. There is some flicker of hope in the 2019 elections where some you know uh, political families lost right, right? lost yeah, yeah. the estradas lost hmm. the osmanians lost maraming really dynasty meron new dynasties that are coming up but i mean it shows you that nag-iisip din yung ating mga kababayan nag-iisip din sila medyo sabi nga sa akin ng mga farmers in urban i work with sabi nila alam nyo, sir, yung mga, yung mga traditional names in politics, um, inis na kami eh, kasi nag, ang tagal namin nag-aantay. Nandiyan sila, panay-pangako before election, hindi naman tinutupad. Kaya humanap tayo ng mga kabataan at sa mga ibang pangalan. No? And that's why, I just, as I mentioned it today, I just mentioned it, we, we are putting together a coalition 
of uh, of organizations, church, and and so on, uh, to say get register and vote mm-hmm. because there are many people who are not registered, right. and 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 we need their votes to hear all the voices of democracy. Uh, we're launching it. Uh, in fact, we've started on it. Uh, uh, it will be, you know, we because we only have up to the end of September. And ours and target namin is 7 million uh, young voters or, or or voters who never registered. Yan ang target namin. Anyway. I would welcome to uh, talk about it sa press room, attorney. Yes. Thank you. Uh, so, I mean, moving forward, ano, kasi napag-usapan natin yung election nung, snap election nung 86, no? And you will have election next year. So paano no kayang i-counter ngayon itong lumalalang disinformation sa ating lipunan na maaring maapekto sa ating halalan next year? What 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 uh, what uh, what news? What kind of propaganda? A, a lot of propaganda na parang ang ang choices ng tao eh isang pamilya na lang. <laughs> Hindi yata mangyayari yun. <laughs> <laughs> sana po, sana po hindi mangyayari. Pero meron po pang ginagawa yung Namprel para i-educate yeah. yung ating mga voters. Hindi lang naman Namprel eh, kasi we call, it, we call it Election 22 uh, Coalition. And hmm. let, let me tell you, we invited the two, the two uh, uh, main political parties, PDP Laban and Liberal Party, to give us support. Because we want to prove we are united in getting people to register and vote, even if we disagree on certain issues uh-huh. and on choices of leaders. This is just a coalition to tell people, let's hear you. You must register to vote. It's a civic duty. Mm-hmm. That, that's, our, that's what we are trying to do with this, right? That's, that's how we work, try to see, let's make democracy work. Uh, and this is this is what we're trying to do. Ito now, yung essence ng 1986 attorney, di ba? Right. Pa yung Pilipino, no? Although, medyo natagalan bago, 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 ano, uh, nagpubaga, na, nagalit ang taong bayan, medyo natagalan yun, ano, it took uh, that uh, assassination of uh, former Senator Aquino to arouse mm-hmm. public anger. Pero just the same three years later, na, no, except, na, except nataong bang diktador, yeah? Yeah, except in uh, in 1986, we have to stress na peaceful means because mm-hmm. we, we were really under an active authoritarianism. Mm-hmm. And 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 to us, putting this uh, coalition together, uh, and with the two political parties, uh, main political parties supporting us, and our partners are the Comelec and the Commission on Human Rights, mm-hmm. and then CPCP is there. You know, we have all kinds of young people and I said don't don't um, don't give us old people as examples I want to see the faces of the young leaders of this country mm-hmm. let them let them promote this let them talk to the to the people and particularly the youth that that's what we want to happen and you know if we can prove if we can prove that we can make democracy work Maybe there'll be less violence in the elections, mm. right? And because people can learn to discuss and debate the issues, mm. and and you must understand in a democracy, democracy is about compromises. Mm. 
Right? It's about discourse, it's about debate, and it's about compromises. Mm-hmm. And, it's and not maybe, just about the rule of majority. You should also take into account the views of uh, correct. the minority. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Attorney, so, uh, siguro sana yung advocacy kasama rin talaga yung mga LGUs kasi in one city hall where I went to, there was a very, you know, attorney, siguro matutuwa ka dito, there was a very long line of people lining up at the Comelec office to register. I think a lot of people really want to register. Ang problema po, attorney Mansod, yung Comelec, parang yes. they do not have the capability to accommodate the, you know, the dozens and dozens of voters that flock to their offices every day. So, pa- Actually, paano kaya natin masusolusyonan yun? Yeah, ang nangyari kasi, uh, parang in the, in, nagkaroon ng rasyo uh, and the Comelie could not cope with it uh, totally. And of course, there's the problem of the the uh, pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, one of our proposals is that the Comelie officials uh, must be considered as frontliners for purposes of vaccination. Right? Number two, number two, and the Comelec has already agreed with this, that there will be satellite uh, registration places, not just in Comelec offices. And the, the church, the church has offered that the parishes can be, uh, uh, can be registration points, satellite registration points. So we're trying to, to make um, the, the necessary structural changes to make it easier for people to register. Yung bobang uh, voters list, do you think uh, can it still be purged ma, of uh, names of people who are you know blind voters or ineligible to vote or patay na? Uh, yeah, is, that, is, is that something uh, that's still yeah. pressing? Yeah, they're, they're, they're cleaning it up uh, and, and they have actually deactivated uh, <clears throat> 7 million. Young people who did not vote in the last two elections. Yes, oh, yeah. Those people have to register again. Uh, so in addition to the 4 million who are uh, going to be 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Well, the electoral process is also isa sa mga pamanan ng EDSA sa atin. Eh, di ba? Kasi alam naman natin nung, mga, nung panahon ni Marcos, eh, may election kunari, pero lahat ng mga nasa ano niya, partido niya nananalo. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, let, let, let me tell you a side story on the election day to say, we were NAMPREL and we were accredited by the COMELEC, our NAMPREL. Tsaka ang daming, ang daming international observers. So ang aming usapan sa COMELEC at that time, uh, there was only one opposition there. Di ba? But, but and one of them was my classmate in law school, Marcos Boy. And we said, paano natin, which, which uh, precinct count will we will be count. So, ang sabi, sabi namin, well, you accredited us. Dapat yung mga, yung bibilangin natin present count, nakapirma doon, not only the COMELEC, but NAMPREL. Yung NAMPREL volunteer. Yeah. Okay. Alright. So, yun, pwedeng, pwedeng bilangin ng NAMPREL in its own count. Okay? Sa kanila, iba yun. Right? Pero yung sabi ko, yun ang aming count. Okay naman, meron kami agreement, pumayag sila ganun. So nakamali sila. Because in some places na total domination by Marcos people, they barred the the, 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 the NAMPREL volunteers from the precinct. So walang pirma. 
yung number of volunteers. We did not count those votes per our agreement with the COMELEC. Kaya doon na laman lalo na medyo ah. eh, konting hokus-pokus nga. <laughs> sila, sila na, in other words, that was the agreement and they could not tell us. I said, I said we only counted where there were signatures of volunteers. Meron pa ang dami pa nila na kailangan ang suot ng volunteer, white, yung mga, sinunod namin, sinunod namin lahat yun. Parang pala, kayo nga po pala suot niyo yung yellow vest niyo, no? Na, na, <laughs> this is for the, ano, this is for the anniversary. Ah, uh, for the extra anniversary. But I still have the original. Okay. I still have it. Anyway. Eh, yun ang isa sa dahilan kung bakit meron nga discrepancy yung NAMFEL count tsaka yung COMELEC count. Yeah, and, and they said, ito yung aming count, the COMELEC. You know, and then, of course, meron din count yung ano, di ba? Yung, yung nag-walk out. Right, yung sabalang. Sa ano, sa PICC. Yeah, and they went to the Redemptorist Church. I went to the Redemptorist Church and I said, why did you walk out? Eh, paano po niyayari nila kung ano-anong ginagawa nila and we don't want to be part of it. Well, Atone, moving forward, like we're in the 35th anniversary now, and I'm reading these comments sa social media. Anything na post about EDSA, may mga comment na parang siguro, well, obviously coordinated kasi ang sagot nila, nag-EDSA revolution na naman para makinabang yung mga oligarchs at yung mga malalapit sa kanila. Napaalis si Marcos pero sila nakinabang. How could you react to this? Well, actually, every administration, from our experience, as we see it, it's true, right? That those connected took advantage. Took advantage. Whether it was, you know, the yellows or the reds or whatever it is, unfortunately, at saka there was a deepening and strengthening of political dynasties. That's why we have been unable to achieve radical social change. I had a big debate about agrarian reform. The business community said, "Ano yan? It was unsuccessful." Sabi ko hindi. It's not right. First of all, you guys underfunded it. The 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 budget was 225 billion for 20 years, and you only but the Congress dominated by landowners and business only only provide 175 billion. Right? Okay. Second. You had agrarian reform communities, good concept, infrastructure, support services, and so on. But only 55% of the farmers were in those agrarian reform communities. You did not give enough money to create other agricultural reform communities where there is an integration of support services. Do you blame the farmers for that? The 55% of the farmers who were included in the so-called agrarian reform community, 81% said the quality of our lives improved. The shortcoming was in the government, not in the program. Mm -hmm. And every government after EDSA is guilty of that. So attorney, I agree. Yeah. Attorney, yeah, ito bang 1987 constitution, did it envision a scenario wherein the Marcos family, which was deposed, would be returning to power. Imagine by yung scenario. That was possible because people changed their mind. As a matter of fact, if you look at even Aquino, the father of Benito Aquino Jr. was accused of 
collaboration. Japanese, ba? Hmm. So why why should you why do why should you let that uh, be the burden to you know he died for hmm. our country, and so there is there is a possibility that that the the descendants of people we we took out of power are better people. That's why I always say, you know, when you say I believe that there is a statesman in every politician, hmm. and it is up to us to find it. Up to us to find it. To keep on trying to find it, so that that statesman in them will prevail over their self-interest. Tony, abali uh, final question natin to para marapat natin program natin. Thirty-five years is EDSA still worth celebrating? Yes. Well, EDSA is worth celebrating because uh, it left us with an unfulfilled promise that we have to do right and. And you know, it's a legacy not only to us but to the world. You know, East Germany, the you know the the, the European countries, they they took the lesson from us because we were we were we were doing this on international television, mm-hmm. right? And if you if you listen to the Filipinos at the time, they said, you know, people are shaking our hand, you know, and praising us wherever we go. The Filipinos were the heroes of democracy, and you know, sayang eh, right? Sayang, and we have to relive Edsa. We have to, you know, reignite that that spirit and that vision in our people, because we have done it before. There's no reason why we cannot do it again. Right. And with that, maraming maraming salamat sa. Pagpakaunlak niyo sa aming uh, invitasyon, Attorney Christian Monsod. It's very, very... Thank you, sir. Enlightening. Uh, Occasionally, it's really an honor for me dahil nga ang mother ko, eh, ang parents ko, both my mother and my father are non-fair volunteers and played a big role nung, uh, since the assassination of uh, Senator Ninoy Aquino until dun sa mga rallies na pinatawag ni Cory Aquino and even sa EDSA. Well, um, give uh, give give your mother our love and our regards. Oh, she will be very happy when she sees this ano uh, this uh, podcast. Uh, I'll tell her that. Thank you thank again. You. Thank, thank you, you again, Ipe, and thank you again, Attorney Monsod. Uh, as thank I said, uh, open po ang aming uh, programa, aming podcast para dun sa inyong advocacy for voter education for 2022. Uh, the classroom is always open for you. Oh, sa thank launching, you, sa you. launching, hmm, sa launching, yes. sa launching. Ay, oh. Salamat, salamat. We'll we'll call on you. Thank you for inviting me. Maraming salamat po sa ating mga listeners and viewers hanggang sa muli po dito sa loob ng press room magsama-sama po ulit tayo. Ingat po sa lahat. God bless. Thank you. Thank you.